God's worthy of praise. You can be seated tonight. Thank you for being in Bible study tonight. Appreciate what God's doing. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord for His mercy. If there's ever been a time that we've needed mercy and needed to show mercy, it's, it's, it's surely this day and hour. The Bible says where sin does abound, that grace does much more abound. And so I feel like that as the days get darker, as this world falls deeper into sin and wickedness, that it's not just the grace that God is showing, but it should be the grace from the church that should be showing. Because really we're like, you know, sometimes I think about uh, the Titanic, how when it went down and all those people that went in the water and those lifeboats that were almost half empty that just kept paddling away and left people in that water to die. Now, I wasn't there. I'm sure they were the shock, the, the horror of what happened, maybe it influenced some of the judgments, but I'm sure that as they could hear the, the cries of people in that dark, cold winter night, in that freezing water, uh, I don't know how they could have kept from going back. But I feel like the church is like one of those lifeboats and that there are people in this dark world today just looking for something to save them, pull them out, get them to somewhere. I don't want to keep paddling on and ignoring the lost. I want to make sure that we are uh, reaching the lost, uh, not just maintaining a fellowship of believers, which I believe we should lift one another up and and make sure we all stay saved and where we need to be. But we do need to be uh, striving and making strides toward reaching the lost. But you're not going to reach them without mercy. You're going to have to have some mercy on them. And, and so I, I, I want to make sure that I am uh, having mercy because I need it. The Bible says the merciful shall obtain mercy. I don't get it unless I give it. And so I want to make sure that I am giving out mercy and grace and love and compassion uh, by the bucketfuls in this last, this last day. In the book of John chapter 8, I'm going to read, and uh, you can just stay seated tonight. You don't have to stand. Uh, read these first 11 verses here. <clears throat> to me, one of, the, one of the greatest stories of, of mercy in the Scripture and, and uh well, let me get, before I start preaching, I better get to reading. In John chapter 8 and verse 1, it says, Jesus went into the Mount of Olives. And early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? When they said, when this they said, tempting him, 
They wasn't really worried about what was going on. They was trying to get him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down with his finger. He wrote on the ground as though he had not heard them. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one, beginning at the eldest even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. And when Jesus had lifted him up himself, he saw none but the woman. He said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. And I want to go back to verse number five where the accusers were so adamant about what they had, quoting scripture to the Lord. <clears throat> A lot of times people, when they're ready to kill somebody, quote scripture, ain't that something? Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? I want to preach tonight on this short little title, When Mercy Speaks. When mercy speaks. Would you lift your hands and pray, and let's pray for the word tonight. Lord, we thank you for the word of God and for the faith it brings, and I'm thankful for your mercy that's new every morning, for the compassions that fail not. Lord, tonight I ask you to help us open our hearts, our eyes, our understanding that we can show greater mercy in this world. We ask it in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand tonight. Hallelujah. When mercy speaks, I tell you, I'm thankful for, for mercy speaking up. There used to be an old song. There was a, a fellow in the church that we came up in. He used to sing a song called Mercy Rewrote My Life. And um, I don't guess I've ever heard that song again. I heard him sing it and never heard anybody else sing it. And I haven't heard it since. So I guess over probably 20 years easy since I've heard that song. But um, Mercy definitely rewrote my life. Uh, according to Scripture, you know, what the Bible teaches us, uh, if we got what we deserved, we'd all be lost. But the Scripture says that God exacts of us less than our iniquity deserved. When I read this story about uh, this woman uh, such a great story of, of mercy, but it's actually uh, a little early for this story. What I'm saying is that at that time, even though Jesus was walking the earth, uh, these people still, he had not been to Calvary. He had not shed his blood yet. And these people still lived according to the law. But he was the kind of Savior that often brought a glimpse of things that weren't quite ready to happen yet, but it gave people hope and changed their life early. The woman at the well, he talked to her about living water. Of course, the Holy Ghost, we know what he was talking about, but wasn't quite there yet. And then even in the feast, he stood up and cried, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me. But they didn't understand because the Holy Ghost was not yet given, but he knew that uh, he had an answer for this group of men who decided they were going to uh, take this lady's life. But uh, reading it, 
when I look at this through the, the light of Scripture, it makes it even more uh, tremendous because uh, His Word can't be changed. Psalm 119 and 89 says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. What word that they were referring to was the word that uh, God had written with his own finger in tablets of stone. The seventh commandment says, Thou shalt not commit adultery. In Mark 13 and 31, Heaven and earth shall pass away, Jesus said, but my words shall not pass away. We know that we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The scripture tells us in the New Testament that the wages of sin is death. Ezekiel said that the soul that sinneth it shall die. Leviticus 20 and 10 said both parties should be killed. And so knowing that these scriptures are there and they mean what they say, for her to get out of this, it had to be Jesus. Let me tell you, for whatever uh, we were caught up in before we came to him, if it had not been for him. You see, there is an accuser uh, in this world today, and the scripture says that he doesn't accuse us before man, he accuses us before God. And he wants to, to make God look at us in a negative light, but God says, let mercy speak. They were so sure they were going to kill this woman they were so sure they were going to trap Jesus because either he was going to say, go ahead and stone her, and they could say, hey, he's with us, or he was going to say, uh, no, you can't stone her, and they were going to say, see, he doesn't even believe the law of Moses. And either way, they, won't, they were going to have him. And so they were like, what do you say? And he gave them an answer that they were not ready for. With all these scriptures that were stacked against her, her outcome did not look very good. And when you read it, you see that Jesus never contradicted what they said. He never said, no, that's not what the Scripture says. He didn't even look around to say, hey, where's the guy? Because the Scripture says both parties should be put to death. But there's something about Jesus you have to remember. He said of himself in Matthew 5 and 17, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I'm not come to destroy but to fulfill and so uh, that tells me that there's something not quite all the way there yet concerning the law. There's something that the law lacks that Jesus is here to complete. And uh, we know that Hebrews 10 tells us how that, uh, that the blood of bulls and goats and those things could not uh, take away our sin. For in those sacrifices, there's a remembrance. So bulls and goats only bring up what you've done, but the Lamb of God, his blood brings remission. It washes away. It takes things out. So bulls and goats weren't quite going to fit it. It had to be the lamb that could get rid of sin. Jesus came to fulfill, to complete the work. And, and so he knows the word. That quote in scripture to him, but nobody knows that word better than him. He is the word. No one hates sin more than Jesus hates sin, but no one loves people more than Jesus loves people. So before we start uh, accusing people to him, we better start loving people to him. Hello, somebody. I'm, I'm a little slow out of the gate tonight. I, I, I feel like I'm trying to, uh, I got too much going on in my mind trying to get to where I'm going. What I'm trying to say is that they were ready, just like this world is ready, to kill somebody even with Scripture. 
They're so ready to take the word of God that's that life-giving word. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. And man, we are born again by the word of God. We are set free by the word of God. We are sanctified by the word of God. Man, we are saved by the word of God, but they want to kill somebody with the word of God. Too many people today just ready to kill somebody with the word. And when they came to Jesus, they're not realizing yet who they're talking to. What do you say? Well, let me tell you what I say. Because I'm mercy. And I, and I know, I, you know, at first he's ignored them, which I like. He didn't say he didn't hear them. He said he acted like he didn't hear them. So anytime I'm acting like I don't hear somebody, I'm just being like Jesus. <laughs> well, there's some things ain't worth listening to. Yeah. Jesus said, this ain't even worth listening to, but they, it said they kept on. Maybe he was giving them an opportunity to get out there before he showed them out. Because when you start coming accusing, you better be ready to get exposed. Uh, I ain't even going to deal with her. Which one of y'all with no sin, you can throw the first rock. It said, and each one of them being convicted by their own heart. They came to accuse her or to expose her, and he exposed them. Want to be part of the accusers. Listen, if they're telling the truth, she's supposed to be stoned according to the law. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. There's one thing about it, though, that, that, uh, that mercy and grace wasn't fully uh, there like it should be yet, but Jesus was not willing for this woman to perish. He couldn't change who he was, and he wasn't doing anything. He, he left it up to them. Which one of you don't have any sin, you throw the first stone. He didn't step in, change his word, or do anything. He said, let's just think about it like this. Let's start thinking about things the way Jesus thinks about things. And let's start thinking about what, what he says when mercy starts speaking. Let me tell you, he ignored them. I don't want to be part of the accusing brethren. I don't want to be a part of the accusing crowd because I, I, I sure don't need the spotlight turned on me. Well, you the pastor. You worried about that? Hey, don't nobody want the closet opened up. Don't nobody want the skeletons aired out. Nobody, well, you know, there's some things just need between you, be between you and God. So he, 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 he loves, uh, maybe, or maybe these guys, you know, you know what the problem I think is? Is they love the law more than they love souls. Now, the Bible says the word of God's a sharp two-edged sword. They wouldn't just come in with their own accusations. They were coming, we called her in the act, and the word backs us up. Well, Jesus never contradicted that. I love God's word, but I don't want to kill nobody. I love the word. I believe the word. I believe in obedience to the word. I believe sticking to the word, but I'm not going to kill somebody for not sticking to the word. I'd rather hear what mercy has to say about it. I would rather see somebody kneel in repentance than go to the seat of judgment. Come on. Hey, judgment's coming one day, but right now it's time for mercy. Right now it's time for grace. And right now it's time to love somebody. And, and they could have went ahead and if they was desperate enough to just grab somebody up, of course, I try to figure out how they knew where she was, where they was. How did they see it? 
Maybe the reason they start dropping the rocks is that oh, if she starts talking, we're going to all be aired out. <laughs> hey, if, hey, I'm just saying, if, she, if, if that was her lifestyle, maybe, maybe there's one or more in that crowd carrying a rock that knew, hey, if she starts talking, <laughs> I'm about to get hit with a rock. You know, so they just start dropping those rocks. But if Jesus is not willing that they perish, then neither should I be. I shouldn't want, you know, yeah, you know what? There's nothing that grieves my heart more than seeing somebody, uh, especially this world, go against the word of God. And you see people that, that don't know uh, what they're doing. They, you know, maybe the, the light's not turned on in them yet. Maybe they don't know about the word so they can hide it in their heart yet. I shouldn't be trying to kill them just because they're going against the word of God. I shouldn't be trying to just accuse them and, and make them feel bad, trying to, for my own benefit or my own personal gain, uh, calling in and out, exposing them just so I can uh, destroy them. But be careful when you start taking people to Jesus because it ain't just the one you brought that he knows about. It's, he knows about you too. And so he exposed them. They exposed her. He exposed them. I'd, I'd like to see the rest of that crowd that was sitting around going, whoo. Hey, how come you dropped that rock? Where are you going with them rocks? Y'all going to build a fence somewhere? Where are you going? It was all ready to kill somebody until Jesus spoke that word, that mercy. That mercy is greater than those rocks. Mercy is greater than that judgment. Mercy will save your life. Mercy saved her life. We need to make sure that we are speaking with a, a tongue of mercy, with, with an attitude of love toward people. I know, yeah, it's... We hate to see people sin, but we say it all the time, hate the sin and not the sinner. Jesus wasn't approving her of her sin, but he loved her. And so if I see somebody stealing, I'm not going to be like, go on, get your last drink of water because where are you going? The Bible says all liars shall have their part in the lake that burns with fire. But if I catch somebody and lie, I ain't going to say, well, that's it for you. Instead, I'm going to tell them about mercy, that God can still help them and God can forgive them. And if they'll just repent of their sins and call on his name, he can restore them and save them. This woman, mercy rewrote her life. He said, go and sin no more. I believe she went and sinned no more. I believe she went and tightened up. I don't know. Maybe we'll see her in heaven one day and we can ask her. But what I do know is that she should have died that day and it would have been all right if she died that day because it was the law. But Jesus said the law is weak in the flesh and it can't do what it needs to do. But Jesus can do what the law can't do. And the spirit can do what the law can't do. And the blood of the lamb can do what the blood of bulls and goats can't do. And so whenever we find ourselves in a place where it looks like the enemy's got a handful of rocks and accusations in his uh, mouth, hey, you know what? Let mercy speak. Because he ain't accusing you to me or to anybody else. He's accusing you before God. He's going to accuse you before him. But God knows it all. And the thing about it is he's so merciful and he's so gracious. And he could take, look, she didn't get hit with a single rock. She escaped judgment on that day, and it was the judge who let her off. I want to make sure that I am not being like the accuser. 
I would rather connect with somebody than kill them. I'd rather have compassion on somebody than kill them. You know, we always talk about, well, if, I, if I'm going to err, I'm going to err on the side of caution. Well, if I'm going to err, I'm going to err on the side of mercy. I'm going to give somebody, because let me tell you, just because maybe they sinned differently than I did don't mean they're not worthy of mercy. Just because they're doing something that I really don't agree about doesn't mean they don't deserve mercy. Just because they got, you know, I can look at some people and say, whoo, I was bad, but I was never that bad. Hey, it all puts you in the same place. It, it, it don't get weighed out like that. Lie or murder, they're both in the Ten Commandments. Which one you want to pick, it doesn't matter. That You're going to the same place, whichever one you do. I'm not here to try to say, whoo, this sin's worse than that one or this sin's better than that one. I'm trying to tell you that mercy takes care of it all. And I want to make sure when somebody comes to me or I see somebody caught up in something that I don't go looking for good-sized rocks that I can throw, but instead I'm saying, hey, come on, let's talk to the one who's got mercy. There's mercy on his lips. His, his mercy is new every morning. That's why the Scripture said it's by uh, his mercy, uh, his, his great mercy that we're not consumed. We're not destroyed. We're not blown away. We're not out of here. If he was that kind of God that just brought judgment upon every sin, as soon as it happened, none of us would be here today. But thank God for mercy. Thank God for mercy. Thank God for mercy. I don't understand these guys. When I was thinking about Jesus saying I, I, I came to fulfill the law, I remembered where somebody said, well, what's the great commandment? In Matthew 22, uh, 37, he's having this conversation with a guy What's the greatest commandment? Well, the greatest commandment is love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, all your mind, and keep rolling for me. This is the first and great commandment. But then here comes number two. The second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two hang all the law and the prophets. All the law. And I believe if people could get these first two there'd be a lot more fulfilling of the law. Because if, I, if they loved that woman, their neighbor, as they loved themselves, they'd have never brought her because it was already evident that they had sin hid in their life. I don't want to become dragging somebody else up because I don't want my own sin. I don't want it to be brought into judgment. I don't want to grab somebody and say, hey, uh, come here, I'm fixing to take you to judgment when I could have been standing in judgment. I don't want to be trying to destroy somebody else when I could have been destroyed. I want to love my neighbor. And guess what? Your neighbor ain't always going to be Holy Ghost filled and sanctified and, and living right. Sometimes your neighbor's going to be a drunk. Sometimes your neighbor's going to be a thief. And sometimes they're going to be a liar. Sometimes they're going to say, I don't care about God, but I want to love them because mercy can change them. And mercy can rewrite their life. And mercy can find them in the worst place ever. And mercy can give them hope to carry on. I want to speak with mercy. I, I want to be like Jesus, that I want to speak mercy. Listen, judgment's coming. Oh, yeah, you know what? It, it, and I, I pray and I repent and I live right. But you know what? I, if it don't make you nervous to think, hey, one day we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of God. Yeah, it makes me a little nervous. It says somehow on that day we're going to have boldness. Well, it'll, it'll have to be on that day, I guess, because right now in this frail little bit of flesh I got, I'm always searching, God, have I got it right? God, have I got it right? God, have I got it right? And if it was not for his mercy, I could never get it right. 
If it wasn't for his mercy, I wouldn't have the opportunity to get it right. Thank God that he didn't judge me that night, that he called me. That he, I knelt down. He said, no, nope, I just got you to the altar so I could judge you. But he got me to the altar so he could forgive me. He got me to the water so he could wash me. And he filled me with the Holy Ghost so he could adopt me. Well, I'm so glad that mercy started speaking. Yeah, I'm so glad that mercy started speaking. And if people would just start loving God and loving their neighbor, the law would start getting fulfilled because on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. People would be worshiping God and helping one another and loving one another and seeing the best in one another and doing all they can uh, to make sure everybody gets to heaven one day. Oh, I, I just love that phrase, but what sayest thou? Oh, I just, I can just, you know, you can, you can hear it, sarcastic, arrogant, just a bunch of little Pharisee punks just, we finna catch Jesus. And he's just like, I ain't even paying no attention. You know, just, I'm, I'm going to give you a chance to walk off. People said he was, you know, all kinds of things. He was writing their sins down in the sand. He was doing, he might have been drawing a tree. I don't know what he was doing. I think he was just, you know, you know how you do when you're trying to ignore somebody. You act like you're doing something. Mm. Trying to give them a chance to move on. But if you're going to keep on, <laughs> If you're just going to keep on bugging me, you without sin throw the first stone. I don't see nobody winding up. Oh, man. What does he know? When mercy speaks, he exposes. When mercy speaks, he speaks life. He speaks love. He speaks grace. He speaks correction, but he speaks about goodness and he speaks about compassion and he speaks about second chances and forgiveness and, and come on, you can do it. When mercy speaks, he speaks about hope. When mercy speaks, he speaks about the good things because he'd rather see you at an altar of repentance than at the seat of judgment. I don't want to be in league with the accusers. I don't want to be uh, standing there with rock in my hand waiting to... to Kill somebody with the word. Listen, we've had too much of that in the past. I, I, I talk to people that don't go to church anymore, but they used to. Well, I grew up in a Pentecostal church. I will never go back. And you know why? Because people were killing them every week with the word. Now, I hope that that stuff gets fixed. But there are some that, that in, under the guise of I'm just standing for the word have murdered saints on the pew and have murdered sinners at the door. I've heard stories that are incredible that I'm like, there's no way they actually said that to that person. To babes that didn't even know any better, trying to get them to do things that some seasoned saints ain't even got a hold of yet and killed them. At the door. Mercy, friends, mercy. Mercy, friends, mercy. Mm. I love the word. I love truth. I love holiness. But I will not kill somebody over holiness. And I will not kill somebody over his word. 
I will love them and preach to them and pray for them, and I won't change. I will always tell them the word says what it says. Jesus could look at that woman and say, they right. You ought to be stoned. He didn't contradict it. He didn't back down from it. He said, but it ain't time for judgment yet. It's time for mercy. It ain't time for judgment yet. It's time for grace. It's time to give this woman another chance. She needs an opportunity. Yeah, it's wrong. Hey, we were wrong. And such were some of you, us. But we got a chance to be washed, and we got a chance to be sanctified, and we got a chance to be justified instead of being taken out in one swift blow. Don't go out here saying, well, pastor's getting soft on the word because he ain't. I believe in standing for the word. But I promise you, if Jesus, God in the flesh, who hates sin, can let that woman go to have another chance, it ain't my place to stone nobody. And it ain't your place to stone nobody. But it's our place to love people. Having compassion on some making a difference. You can be compassionate and not compromise. Come on, somebody. You can be compassionate and not compromise. I've said you don't have to become like a sinner to be a friend of a sinner. You don't have to participate in sin to win people to the Lord. People try to take that scripture and say, well, Paul said he became all things to all men. He didn't become a drunk or a drug addict. He didn't become a murderer or a thief. No, he, he, he said, I, I, I'm going to be like the Lord. I can be right there where they are and talk to them and pray for them and preach to them and, and, and let them know that I'm going to be their friend without being like them. There's going to come a time when we've got to have enough confidence in what Jesus has put inside of us that we're not afraid to reach this world for fear of backsliding. We need to have enough confidence in what Jesus has given us that we, we understand it's not just going to go away after church. Man, it's like some people are like, I need to get out of church and get straight home before the world jumps on me. There's the story of the man with the legion of devils. When he's delivered of that, Jesus is getting ready to go get on the boat. Here comes this guy running up the path. I'm going with you. I always thought this was incredible that Jesus turned around and looked at him and said, no, you're not. You're going back to your hometown and tell them everything I've done for you. And I wondered about that. I, I said, that guy, I said, you know, what I, what my perception of it is anyway is that this guy remembered what it was like before Jesus and he was afraid Jesus getting on that boat was going to be his salvation, his peace of mind, his comfort and everything. If he sails off on that boat, then I'm likely to, to go back down that same road. But Jesus was trying to tell him, listen, even then he was showing people are overcomers by the word of their testimony. You go show what great things God has done for you. and What I, what I did for you it don't sail away when I sail away on the boat. Just like what he gave those disciples didn't disappear when he ascended up into them clouds. Hmm? In Revelation 12 and 9, talking about an accuser, it says, And that great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan who deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out in the earth. 
His angels were cast out with him, and I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is salvation, and strength, and the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. No blood without mercy. No testimony without mercy. If mercy hadn't spoke up, we got nothing. But I do understand that that accuser was cast down. And just like those accusers were put down, Jesus looked around and said, where are your accusers? Does anybody, nobody has condemned you? No man. He said, well, neither do I condemn you. And he said, they overcame uh, him by the blood of the Lamb, the word of the testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. There's something in that, that little part of Scripture about you've got to love this life that you live for him even to the point that it might cost you your life. That's how we're going to make it. If, but if, it's, if you, you just partially sold out, if it's just a weekend thing for you, if it's just something so you can put cool memes up on Facebook with, you ain't going to make it. But when you sell out, and when you say, I'm going to live my life you know, consecrated unto the Lord, and I'm going to serve him and with prayers and fastings and living by the word, and, and I want to live right. Make a decision. You're going to make it. You're going to overcome. But, but when we, if we don't get out of halfway doing it, we end up losing out, giving up, surrendering, backing off. So when the accuser is trying to threaten you with exposure to Jesus, you just remember what happens when mercy speaks. When, it, when, when you can't pray because there's a voice in your head saying, how can you even approach God when you know what you did? You just answer and say, let's just listen and hear what he says about it. I'm praying, I, won't you listen too? So you can hear him say, I forgive you. Why don't you listen so you can hear him say, I'm not kicking you out. Why don't you listen to you nasty old stinking dragon, accuser, serpent, whatever you are. Why don't you listen to him too? Why don't you listen to the voice of mercy? When he says, it's covered. I'm casting it behind my back. It's over. It's done with. Go your way. Sin no more. Keep, keep working for the kingdom. Go reach somebody. Mercy is going to tell you he can forgive anything. He can fix anything. He can make whole. He can make all things new. This world needs mercy today. Your schoolmates need mercy. Your co-workers need mercy. The lady at the shopping center needs mercy. The guy on the corner needs mercy. Them homeless people in the city need mercy. The rich person in the uh, with the multi-million dollar account and job and all that, they need mercy. Athletes need mercy. Hollywood needs mercy. Hey, I know Hollywood's wicked, but you know what? We've just about already put them all in hell. They won't, them actors won't ever be saved. Why? Only reason not is because ain't nobody trying to reach them. It's like we wrote them off. I've watched and seen when famous people die, and I've watched Christian people got what they deserved. 
Golly. Are you serious now? Headlines such and such. Your, uh, when Whitney Houston overdosed, I'm talking about apostolic Holy Ghost people. Got what you deserved. See, I don't even have nothing to say about that. It left me speechless. You know what? Maybe her choices got her to where she was. But if it hadn't been for mercy, there we are. Come on, anybody, anybody here that ever fooled around with drugs or alcohol? Hey, I, I have been uh, so polluted with alcohol that uh, I don't even remember how I got home. Why didn't I die that night and get what I deserved? How can I? What if somebody had just said, you know what? I know it's ridiculous, and her security team would probably push me face down in the ground and step on my neck, but I think I'll go tell her about Jesus. It's because they're Hollywood. It's like they ain't got no soul. They don't deserve heaven. Or they're already living in Sodom and Gomorrah. Mercy. Hey, you know where you're not going to find people to save? Sitting on the pew. But you know where you're going to find people that need saving? Out in the world. Yeah. I'm not advising. I've said this before. I'm not telling you to go spend your Friday nights walking around in clubs and bars trying to pull people out. I don't believe in barstool ministries. I don't believe in that nonsense. What I'm telling you is that everybody in the bar has not already punched their ticket to hell. There's some great preachers sitting in bars tonight. Yeah. There's some, some great uh, witnesses uh, out in this world that, that you and I, we may never even come in contact with. But when we start having mercy like Jesus had mercy, it won't bother us what anybody else says about who we try to reach. Listen, when you try to reach people that's lost, you might as well know that somebody is going to say, compromiser. I ain't compromising nothing. I still believe in the, like them landmarks Lige was preaching about on Sunday. I believe in them. I believe in new birth. I believe in holiness. I believe in holiness standards. I believe in women looking like women and men looking like men. I believe in scriptures that says women don't cut their hair. I believe that. I believe that women should wear things that pertain to a man and a man shouldn't wear things that pertain to a woman. I still believe holiness. But there is a world full of people that don't and there was a time when I didn't. But mercy rewrote my life. Mercy brought me home. Mercy brought me into a place where I could see that. But let me tell you, somebody that has never heard that, I'm not going to kill them with that word. I'm not going to destroy them with that word. I think I, I believe in all of it. I believe in being separate from the world. I believe in looking like the scripture says to look, leaving off the things it says to leave off, putting on the things it says to put on. I believe every single bit of it. But when somebody walks in here with alcohol on their breath, with the skirt a little too short and the top a little too low, I'm not going to say you need to put on some clothes before you can come in here. Because they don't know any better. 
That's just like hitting them with a rock. You just stoned them right out of the church. We look at all our heroes of faith, and we think they look like that when they come out of the womb. And they didn't. And they didn't. If I could pull up some pictures of me pre-Jesus, and you'd be like, whoo. See, that's, that's why I'm so glad this thing wasn't around when I was in high school. We better be thankful that nobody had Facebook Live when O'Malley's was running wide open in Athens. Don't nobody know nothing about that in here, do you? Me and Brother Scott know about O'Malley's. Oh, I see Tyrone laughing. He must have been around there. <laughs> Thomason's. 40 watt, still going. And let me tell you, there's some freak shows walking around down there. But you know what they need? Mercy and the Holy Ghost and somebody to love them. They need somebody that will tell them, Jesus. But you know what? You can't walk up to them and say, if you would take that off and 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 that off, and that off Jesus will love you. You tell them Jesus loves you. And when the closer they get to him, the more things start coming off. The closer they get to him, the closer they get to the word, and, hey, this he'll deal with that part of it. We can instruct and we can teach. We can have compassion. We can instruct them and be long-suffering to them. Jesus was long-suffering with us. Give us a lot of time to get things right, don't he? Gives us a lot of times, a long time to get it in order. That's mercy speaking. Uh, you know, uh, mercy is greater than them stones that them people wanted to throw. And, and so I don't want to ever get so hard-hearted. I, I surely don't want to get self-righteous. said it was scribes and Pharisees that were accusing her. And Jesus said, your righteousness is going to have to exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees. I got to be better than those accusing people. Yeah, I got to be better than those that are killing people instead of bringing them to an altar to pray, instead of inviting them to church, instead of loving them, sitting down having a, a meal with them or something or, or you know, teaching them a Bible study, telling them, just tell them God loves you. Hey, I got family that's crazy. And uh, that, uh, oh, they embarrass me to death sometimes on Facebook. Uh, but I love them. And I want them to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I got one, that niece I said that's not feeling good. Man, I'm working on her. I'm trying to, little by little, I'm trying to get her to, to come and be in service. And, and I want to see her healed of whatever that is, but I want to see God fill her with the Holy Ghost. Yeah, yeah. And and you know what? My first thought is not to make her apostolic. My first thought is to get her in touch with Jesus. My first touch is to let her fall in love with Him. My first idea is that get God to cover that sin and get her baptized in Jesus' name so that if the Lord comes back, before she can get it all right, at least she'll be born again. The Lord's not going to cancel somebody right in the middle of their program. Well, I know you got born again, but you still had about 10 things left you need to do, but I got to come on back. 
you know what? To them that know much, much will be required. But that little baby that ain't quite learned how to walk at all yet, but boy, they, they trying and they loving the Lord and they doing the best they can do, guess where they going when he comes back? That's what I believe. Well, you was on the right track, but you needed about eight more weeks, and since we didn't have that, I had to come on back, and I guess you'll be left. What? Come on. That's not going to happen. That doesn't mean that we can say, ooh, I'm just going to, you know, because a lot of us did that in school. I'm just going to lay back and not really try. He knows if you're doing that too. But when somebody's giving it everything they got, and they're on that way, and they're on that walk, and they're heading that right direction, let me tell you that mercy of the Lord, it's going gonna, it's gonna to pay great dividends in that day. I believe in, as you see it, do it. As you read it, obey it. I believe in obeying this word of God. But how can somebody obey something they don't know? And how can I hold them accountable for something they don't know? I don't believe the Lord will, and I ain't, I'm not going to do it either. I'm just not going to put myself in his place. Of all the titles that I ever got, it, none of it was, I'm going to be the one saying, well done, good and faithful servant. I hope I'm standing there watching everyone I preached to and prayed for go through the gate. I'll be glad to, I've said it before, I'll be glad to be the last one through if I can sit there and watch all of my loved ones go through first. If I can watch all of them meet him, for, I'll, I'll be fine. We've got eternity. I'm patient. I'll sit there and watch every one of them go through, Brother Paul, just so I can say, yes, yes, yes. But I don't want to go through first and be standing around wondering where they are. I want to see them come in. I want to see them make it home. What time is it anyway? Oh, I'm, I'm, not too, I'm not over my time yet. Church, we live in a time where we've got to make sure we stand. And we've got to stand on the truth. But the truth without mercy won't help nobody. The truth without mercy ain't going to convert nobody. Mercy is where it's going to take. Grace and love is where it's going to take. If we don't have love, we don't have nothing. Paul said, I could have all these revelations. I can speak with tongues of men and angels. I can do all, these, all this knowledge, all I've got. It don't mean nothing without love. It, it's, it, it won't do nothing. The engine, it's just like an engine without oil. It won't run. It'll just lock up. It won't get you nowhere. But, man, that love, will keep. it, it just keeps it running smooth. This college is full of kids that don't know the Lord, and they're on their way here. They're coming. And so those of us that know what the Word says, we need to exercise ourselves under godliness and, and get ourselves prayed up and get ourselves ready so that when they get here, we can show them the love of God and the mercy of God. I, th I wonder sometimes what some of them older saints thought when I walked in that church in Milston. Because I promise you, I was the only dude in that building that had an earring. I was, and I knew it, and I wore the biggest, most danglingest one I had so I could see who will say something about it. Nobody ever even said it looked pretty, nothing. 
The only comment ever made about it, Brother Jones said. And he said, why any young... Now, because I don't want to paint him in a bad light, this was after my conversion. He never said anything to me while I was like that. He loved me. That man loved me. And he was a great influencer in my life. But, but he got a chance to poke a little at me at camp meeting <laughs> while 800 people sitting in there. But he, he said, I saw that, that brother back there because he had seen me in January and he had not seen me since my conversion so last time he saw me and he said why anything or any man would want to do something so sissy as put a button in his ear that's what he called it and he said but I look he said look at him back there now awful you know just cleaned up full of the Holy Ghost and just he cried and just cried over me and he was so thrilled at what God had done. And, you know, they're going to come in, pierced nose, eyebrows, ears, probably piercings you can't see. And you know what? I don't care. I'm going to preach to them and love them, say, hey, I hope I'll see you next week. Have you ever been baptized in Jesus' name? Do you know how much Jesus loves you and that he died for you? Do you know that uh, he wants to spare you from some things and just get a chance to build a relationship? Can I pray with you just a moment? And, you know, God give us wisdom. We need God to give us wisdom. The Bible says he that wins the soul is wise. We're not going to win anybody by being hasty and being foolish. A fool is someone who's not like God. I don't want to be unlike God when I approach somebody who don't know him. I want to be more like him then than any time in my life. I want them to feel the love of God coming from me. I want them to see the love of God in action. And I want them to know that somebody cared enough. You know, because I'm sure, you know, people, man, they, they don't know. They've got preconceived ideas. Oh, that's church. I know what they'll think of me if I walk in there. I hope that we can all get our minds to the place where they'll see, here's what I think, Jesus loves you. And so do I. That's what I think. So let's, let's make sure we're letting mercy speak. Honey, you can come on to the music. Let's make sure that we are showing compassion and mercy on people. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, hey, the Bible says to where we have already attained, you, stay, you, keep, you don't back up. Oh, well, if they ain't got, nah. And we keep moving forward. Paul said we also keep moving forward. Keep growing in the Lord. Get closer to his word. Line up every day. Try to line up more and more with that word every day. Don't back up. Don't slack off. Don't let go. Don't let down. Because they need to see the full deal. They need to walk in and see people who are full of the spirit of God, living by the word of God. They need to see that. But it don't know... It don't do any good for it to just be a, an act, to be a costume we've put on. It's got to be in here. It's got to be in our heart. You know, when Jesus talked about, I came to fulfill, fulfill the law in Romans 8, it says that the fulfillment of the, the law of, right, of the righteousness of the law was in us. We're those vessels. 
we're that fulfillment. You read it in, in Romans, the eighth chapter. He said, the law was weak in what it could not do through the flesh. So God sent his son in the likeness. Not in, he wasn't in sinful flesh. He was in the likeness of sinful flesh. Because there, there wasn't nothing that the blood of bulls and goats could accomplish. And Jesus came to fulfill the law. He said, now, for those of us that walk after the spirit and not after the flesh, that the fulfillment of that, that law of righteousness, that's it. That's where it's fulfilled. And, and so... When Jesus looks at us now, he sees the fulfillment of what he came to do. When he sees us repented and baptized and full of his spirit and walking in his word, he sees the fulfillment of what he came to do. I want him to always see that in me. But I want him to know that I'm always trying to get better. I'm always trying to, to go farther, get a little deeper in his word, a little closer to him. Because you don't know what you're going to come up against in this world today. And you don't know what kind of people are going to walk through those doors. But it, let me tell you, it ain't just gambling and cigarettes no more. It's things that melt your mind. and <laughs> make you, old terms that make a sailor blush. Well, it, it'll make the worst of us turn red. But who's going to help them if we don't? Who's going to be there if, if, if not us? I mean, who's going to tell them, hey, there's, there's somebody, there's a, there's a better way, if, it, if it's not us? I want to make sure we're doing our part. Let's stand together tonight. and uh, We've been talking about being you know, a, a better, better disciple maker and how to be friends with people and stuff in our Sunday school classes. And, well, showing mercy is definitely key to to making a disciple out of somebody because you're going to have to be patient with them and, and have mercy on them because they're going to be learning just like a kid learns, just like a child learns, just like you and I learned. Well, I, I could just tell stories about how green I was <laughs> and my pastor sure had patience with me. But if he had to just kick me out and said, sorry, I can't use you, where would I be today? Thankful somebody had mercy on me. Let's come find a place to pray tonight, just for a few moments. Thank the Lord for the mercy he showed you. And ask him, how can I be better at showing mercy, Lord? How can I be better at showing mercy, Lord? Don't let me take this word that saved me and turn it on somebody and kill them with it. But, Lord, let me show mercy.
I, I want to go back and say something about I'd mentioned that about Whitney Houston when she died and and some people that were actually very close to me made some horrible ugly comments just you know just ignorant comments really and I love the guys that, that said it but it just wasn't it wasn't the Lord but there are reports and my wife reminded me of this that one week before she died, that she had been at uh, Shirley Caesar's church. They said she'd spoken in tongues for about a half hour. She fell out in the spirit, and God restored her. You know, uh, praise God. Hey, I'm thankful for anybody. I don't care who they are and what they've been through. If they can get back to God, man, get back to God. Get back to God. Where's she at now? I don't know where she's at. That ain't my department. But if but praise God, if that's true, praise God. Praise God. Fame and fortune can be worse than any other drug in the world. It can be worse than anything, destroy people's lives, but God can still save people from fame and fortune. It's a little harder sometimes. He said it's hard for rich people to enter in, but but hey, sometimes they let down the guard just enough to let Jesus in. Praise God. I'm thankful for it tonight. I want to see anybody go to heaven. I do. I want to see anybody, 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 the worst of the worst that are, that's locked down in a prison somewhere. I want to see them go to heaven because Jesus wants to see them go to heaven. Praise God. Let's show mercy to somebody. Have compassion on them. Make a difference. How about it? Give the Lord a hand for his mercy tonight. I'm thankful for the mercy of the Lord. Still got a chance. Still got a chance. God bless you. Looking for a great time on Sunday if the Lord don't come and get us. Tomorrow night, ladies, y'all got a Bible study. Is that right? 
Bible study at 7.30. 7.30? 7. 7. 7. 7 o'clock at the church. So ladies be here for the ladies Bible study tomorrow night. I believe it's going to be great. So if you have any questions, see Sister Taylor right there. She'll help you out. God bless you tonight, and you're dismissed in Jesus' name.